You are back with the conversation on Hawaii Public Radio. Catherine Cruz here along with our guests to talk about growing new farmers. Joining us today from Maui, Pomai Weigert, uh, agribuz- agribusiness consultant for Go Farm Hawaii and a board director for the Hawaii Agritourism Association and the Agricultural Leadership Foundation of Hawaii. Pomai brings experience in marketing, community relations, and agritourism. Good morning, Pomai. Good morning. We're so glad you could join us. Rob Bereka is here on Oahu. In 2012, he left his career in web application development to focus on increasing local food consumption in Hawaii. He enrolled in Go Farm Hawaii, launched FarmLink Hawaii, a web application that empowers farmers to sell to many Oahu residents, caterers, and grocery stores. Hi, Rob. Hi, thanks for having me. And Bobby Skelton uh, fills out our table. Uh, he's the founder of Redbeard Pepper Sauce, an organic small batch pepper sauce company located on the island of Kauai, uh, focusing on regenerative farming practices. Good morning, Bobby. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Yes. Now, today, we put agriculture in the spotlight. The pandemic has underscored the need to become more resilient when it comes to our food supply. The state has lofty goals for the islands to increase our sustainability, and one way to do that is to grow new farmers. The average age of Hawaii farmers is said to be 60 years. That's according to the 2017 Agricultural Census, and that census is done every five years. And Pomai, you know, uh, talk about, you know, the fact that, yeah, 60 years, our farmers are getting on an age. You know, how is uh, Go Farm Hawaii uh, helping to uh, deal with that? You know, that's a re- this is a really good topic because I feel like it comes up and we've been kind of saying the same age for, um, you know, at least 10 years. But I feel like really what's happening is agriculture is changing. So a lot can happen and a lot, can, a lot has happened since 2017. And I think the way that we see agriculture in Hawaii has also changed. So when we look at the average age of a farmer, that could be somebody who is, you know, um, just growing sugarcane, you know, and or, you know, where we're looking at farming as, as more as something that um, that people can do on their own, that people are doing on a small scale, um, that it is part of small business. And I think that historically consumers in general, like really didn't have a, they, they lost the face of their farmer. They just go to the store, they get something, they think it just, it pops up there where, you know, there's been a, a whole contingent, a whole, um, really a, a whole revolution of people who are like really trying to bring bring back um, you know the face of farming to your homes. People grow this food. Where is your food coming from? How can you be a part of this system? And I think that Go Farm um, really helped aid in that, just as as far as helping people find um, like a business model in farming that helps the food system. So. It really is, it's not just a, the system itself isn't just about growing food. It's about how do we get food to the people? How do we help them figure out where to get it? How do we um, make products that um, have shelf life? Like all of these kinds of things really play into a larger picture. And so the Go Farm program, I mean, how many times a year do you offer uh, that for folks out there? Uh, the Go Farm Hawaii program, it's a statewide program. So we have... Uh, we have sites on Oahu, uh, Kauai, Maui, and Hawaii Island, and we run them on cohort systems. So our programs are typically 
uh, between four and six months, and we kind of just do the rotation. So we can have up to two cohorts on each island per year, depending on on where where the island is at. Um, our program is phased, so um, you know we really want to um, we really want to introduce people to okay, this is what farming is like, and you would come to one of our you know kind of introductory seminars called Ag Curious, you know, check it out, see if it's for you. And then you would go to an ag exposure where it's just kind of field trip work days because we kind of want to see, like, can you work? Like, can you, do you like actually being outside? Because a lot of people have a dream of being farmers, but then we get them outside for a few hours and they're like, maybe I just want to buy local, which is great, which is great too. <laughs> and then we have our, uh, we have kind of our intensive program um, that helps you, you know, really gives you that practical learning and then um, also the business aspect of it. And if you still if you still are are good to go and want to be a farmer, um, then we have opportunities for incubation. So you can um, have a little piece of our land for up to three years. We kind of start you out, see how you're doing, so you can use that as a platform for you to start your business, find your forever farm, um, while still providing that support for you. So that is it's like um, you know gradually scaling into this business it's you know like when you go and be you know want to be a doctor you don't just like jump into surgery you kind of you know uh do a residency so it's it's kind of a a model like that where we really want to phase people in so that they're set up for success and rob you were ag uh, curious right (laughs) you you went through this program so share with our listeners uh, your story i'd I'd like to say i'm still ag curious um (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Go, Go Farm Hawaii was really, I'm a huge fan of it. Um, you know, I went through the program, I think, five or six years ago in Cohort 3 in Waimanalo, and I was, you know, I had left my career doing doing computer stuff um, and really wanted to get more involved in the local food system. But, you know, I was kind of flailing for a bit and not really knowing which direction I wanted to go. I'd started out you know, doing some projects in, in food waste recovery and, and composting and, uh, you know, just kind of a, f- a friend encouraged me to apply to Go Farm, and I really didn't think that I wanted to get that involved. Like Pomai said, you know, maybe I just want to, want to buy local, not really be involved in production. But uh, I, I think the way the program is structured really is it just, you know, the, there's five, uh, maybe five different phases of it, and you really just get a little a little taste of it, kind of see what local agriculture really looks like in Hawaii, um, and see if it's really something that that sparks uh, you know some passion in in yourself. And um, so yeah, I, I think just not having it be a super uh, intensive all or nothing thing at the beginning was was really helpful for me to to visit some farms, do a little working, and then start off. Uh, in ag school uh, where, where you have a, a smaller plot size and learn some of the basics of production. And that's when, for me, it really, uh, it really sparked something. And I said, oh, you know, this is, this is really hard work, but it's, it's interesting. There's lots of problem solving. Um, and, yeah, it, it felt really satisfying to get involved in that. And so, yeah, that was, it was a great springboard for me and really, really set the direction, you know, for the next, Six years of my life. So it sounds like you were able to try on the clothes first. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Make sure it's a good work fit. Yeah. And, and you're farming currently uh, in Haleiwa and Wailua? Yeah. And so, you know, we, we, uh, I graduated the program um, and then we actually applied for the Kamehameha Schools Mahi'ai matchup, uh, which is a business plan competition that will uh, give you a, if you're selected, give you a cash prize and five years free lease rent on one of Kamehameha Schools ag parcel. So we were selected uh, for that and moved up to Haleiwa and, and started a, a certified organic diversified vegetable farm there. And that was five acres. And since since then, we've expanded that to 10 acres of Kamehameha Schools land. And then also uh, recently signed a 30 acre lease uh, in Wailua with, with Corteva to grow certified organic bananas and, and papaya. So we're we're on on the right track. Still a lot of hard work to do. And and myself, I'm actually less involved in in the field, um, and more involved in, on the farmlink Hawaii side, which I'm sure we'll talk about a, a bit. But uh, Gabe Sactor Smith is is our is our farm manager and has a he, he came out of UH CTAR and has a lot of experience on the agricultural side there, on the production side. And Bobby, uh, you're there on uh, Kauai. Uh, share with our listeners uh, how you got your start. Well, um, first of all, my, my girlfriend and I, we moved here after college um, in California. She went to high school here. We, she wanted to come home, so we came back. Um, our degrees in art really didn't take off too well here on the island. Um, so, we, you know, we had a conversation with a friend of ours who was like, I grow the world's hottest pepper, and we love hot <laughs> sauce and hot spice and stuff. So I was like, I want to that i had nothing i i killed so many basil plants in california um but i you know would try this and then it just got addicting and like more pepper seeds let's try this one oh that one looks pretty let's try this one and then all these plants went off at the same time and we had a bunch of peppers and we're like what are we going to do with the world's hottest peppers we can't just eat them so you know we started playing with hot sauce and people liked it and then you know the whole we started a company about it um and then we realized that we needed to expand so we went to there was a community garden here on Kauai. we started growing there and um after about a year we found out that they were closing they were selling the land so then we jumped in onto go farm it just happened to be right with the cohort starting up and um oh through go farm it was amazing we fell in love with i mean we already love peppers but just everything else growing tomatoes and kale and um beets we love beets and it just turned into this whole world of information how much we learn how much could be um like just absorb and now we've just thrown ourselves into it we graduated through the cohort eight and we're now at, uh started incubator here we have an eight acre farm that we're three months into and we have finally we have starting to get some plants in the ground we just harvested like our first patty pan squash and it's just it's every day it's just so much fun well that's great i mean it sounds like you have found your passion it is, and it, we, we have, and it, it just came out of this, like, we had no idea that this was going to happen, but um, we're just happy to, to grow food. We're not just growing peppers for our, our hot sauce. We're still going to do that, but we have changed our focus more to let's support this island with what we can, uh, let's grow as much as we can. We are trying to focus as much as we can on regenerative agriculture because, you know, a lot of stuff gets shipped in, um, and we just want to be as, like, self-sustaining as possible, but while supporting as many people as we can. Well, you know, we hear the enthusiasm in your voice, and uh, I ran into a former colleague of mine uh, at the grocery store, uh, Melissa Maintz, 
Uh, she's currently enrolled in the Go Farms program. Uh, she left a career in broadcast marketing to take over an organics business. She describes what it's been like going from the marketing and distribution side to the production side of farming. You know, I had this background in media and marketing, and I thought, you know, this is just marketing for farms. It wasn't much of a change of what I was already doing. It was just what I was marketing changed. I know my clients really well, and I'm creating deliveries of food for them specifically. So I kind of know their likes and their dislikes and their allergies and their, you know, things that they're craving and things that they don't really like. And so it's a personal service. And so it's kind of interesting to then transition from that into the production of it and to see how much goes into the other side of it. It's very hands-on and it's very, got a huge scope of what they're teaching you. And it's intense, but it's so interesting. And, you know, you're learning the math and the science and you've got to have a little bit of intuition and wizardry to kind of be this success. And it's just this really interesting mix of different topics that really will make you successful. And it's completely fascinating. When COVID happened, the whole reason I, I kind of got into this because I thought, you know, there's not enough food locally. Like if we just all decided to eat local food, there's not enough to sustain us right now. Like we need to be growing more farmers and we need to be putting thought and intention into creating the future of our food supply. And, and so this program is really pointedly affecting that change, you know? So, Pomai, uh, you hear the enthusiasm in her voice, too. <laughs> I do. Talk about, you know, th- what, you've, what you've seen when people start out with this program. Definitely. Well, you know, it's like I was saying before, you know, there, there starts off with this curiosity, this kind of, you know, like, wow, maybe I should be doing more or what can I do? And we we really built our we really built Go Farm Hawaii to be a resource uh, resource for not just people looking to farm, but people who are looking for farmers. And you know, there's been so much. Obviously, there's been so much highlight on um, how the pandemic has has really changed the economy. And you know, it's it's really about also shifting consumer perspective, like. Um, a lot of people look to farmers when they're scared because now they don't have food where we are doing this every day, all day. Farmers are always farming. So it's, it's not so much about, you know, just caring about where your food comes from when you're scared that you're not going to have food, but like preparing to have food locally grown, knowing where those things are coming from. And I, I feel so proud, like even to be here with Rob and Bobby, like that, there is a passion behind it. It's not, um, you know, yes, we, we are building these businesses, um, you know, to make money, to make a living, but there's so much more than that. Like growing food, definitely there's an alchemy to it. There's, um, it's a calling. It's a calling for most. And, and again, uh, many who are going into farming now, you know, they started off with something else, um, but then there was just this desire to uh, start being a part of, um, a food system or a system that is uh, help build uh, and strengthen the community. So I think that, um, you know, and it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, people come in really bushy-tailed and bright-eyed in the beginning, but uh, farming is hard. Farming is hard. The business of farming is hard. Agriculture is hard in Hawaii. 
especially with the transition from we were largely plantation farming for generations. So kind of shifting those gears and looking at how can we build different models of agribusiness um, has really been a highlight, especially in this last year. Well, if you're just joining in the conversation, we're talking about farming. Our guest, Pomai Weigert with Go Farm Hawaii, Robert Barreca with FarmLink Hawaii, and Bobby Skelton, founder of Redbeard's Pepper Sauce on Kauai. And Rob, I'm going to circle back. Uh, you know, I, well, Melissa was telling me that the class that she's in uh, right now, I think there's like a retired, um, you know, architect. You know, you've got a background in technology, and and you uh, share with us how you've been able to parlay that into FarmLink Hawaii. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting. Uh, you know, looking from the outside in on farming, you kind of see the field work and. You know, like like Pomai kind of touched on that there's this romantic uh, aspect to it, but then when you get in it, you realize how hard it is. And I, you know, I was expecting like, okay, the manual labor, like that part is going to, you know, because I'm coming from from the computer life, uh, that that's that's going to be the hardest part of this. But the other stuff is, is not going to be as difficult. But while the manual labor side is definitely hard, I'm not going to underplay that. Um, what really blew me away was how many other things a farmer has to be, you know, you have to be a, a business person. Uh, you have, especially in today's day and age, you have to understand technology. You have to understand marketing, sales, distribution, delivery. You have to be a plumber, an electrician, a mechanic. I mean, the list goes on and on of, of what all of these small agricultural businesses have to do. Um, and you really have to be a, a jack of many trades, uh, especially when, you know, it's, Local food is in agriculture. There's just difficult businesses to, to pencil out financially. Um, they're just low margin businesses on, on any segment of the value chain, whether you're producing the actual vegetables or you're a rancher or you're involved in distribution or, or marketing. Um, so, yeah, that, that's what kind of really blew me away at, at, at when I first was kind of going through GoFarm and super thankful that GoFarm really touches on all of those aspects. But one thing that's really uh, interesting to me, and you know, I've always been excited about technology, um, and that was my previous career. So when I started, went through GoFarm, um, and we started to sell our first veg- vegetables to, to some businesses in Kailua, and I really noticed that all of us were kind of navigating, you know, selling to the same customers, all, all of us meaning all of the, the farmers in the cohort, but we weren't communicating and collaborating. And I, I saw an opportunity for technology to really help all of us in that cohort um, to team up and, and cooperate on at least like the sales and distribution and, and payment side of things, because those blew me away at how much time those took. And when you're small, it really diverts uh, your labor away from production where you really should be focusing to these sales and distribution things. So we, we launched uh, Farmland Hawaii actually out of GoFarm. Uh, it started, uh, that was sort of the test bed for it in, in Waimanalo, um, really just to enable uh, Oahu households and businesses to be able to purchase from farmers, ranchers, and food makers across the state. Um, and we do that through an online marketplace, which everybody's familiar with now post-COVID. Um, but we also deal with the, the physical delivery, and, and we deliver island-wide. 
So technology is, is critical if you're just farming and only focused on production, and especially if you're dealing with sort of the complexities of, of getting products from hundreds of local farmers across the state to thousands of consumers and businesses. Well, I love, too, how, you know, there are stories of uh, farmers using drones uh, or uh, satellites, you know, to get information about climate and, you know, when is the best time to uh, plant based on where you're located. Uh, so there's just so much uh, with technology. Uh, you know, we, we've seen a, a, just a different way of farming, uh, you know, as opposed to the old plantation style with, you know, one one crop. Uh, and, uh, you know, now we've got crops growing in, uh, uh, you know, shade houses, uh, uh, greenhouses, you know, large-scale farming uh, on small plots of land. So it's just fascinating. And, and Bobby, I don't know, jump in here. You know, I don't know what you're seeing as a, a small farmer, uh, you know, with your business. Uh, you know, how are you using technology? Yeah, yeah, we are. We, um, we got some Bluetooth timers for our irrigation. So um, that just helps a lot. Of, we could control it. If we see something, we could change it on the fly. Uh, we know it's being watered when we're not there. Um, we do have a drone, too, and we're kind of just um, taking images and shots of our farm just to kind of see, like, you know, when you're up close to one plant, it's kind of hard to look down at the end and maybe just see a graduation of, like, color change. Maybe there's too much water on the side. Maybe you're on a slight slope and all your nutrition is, uh, your, you know, your fertilizer stuff is kind of just seeping down to the bottom. Um, and then just the, the idea of having, you know, your cell phones, like, Rob was saying you got to know everything, and I we realized that research is huge. Like you could see a bug or a curled leaf or something, and then you're like, great, I got to figure out what this is. Spent four hours researching it, and then you're like, cool, now I know what that is. I'll learn, you know, I'll be able to notice it next time. So you're just constantly building this knowledge, and you know, yeah, I, it's a, <laughs> it's a lot. I I, I want to. I'm such a farm nerd, and I want to to everybody and talk about it that's why everything's trying to come out at once but um yeah we're trying to make it is there's only two of us working on an eight acre farm we're trying to do it as low till as possible and as efficiently as possible like we're going to start working on fertigation so we don't actually have to spend five hours a week fertilizing every single plant it'll do it on its own um we're just really looking at being efficient with our farm and with your art background, you must have had some fun, you know, uh, on the marketing end, you know, creating uh, your company uh, and the designs and, and, and all that that's entailed in, in rolling out and uh, and showing off what you do. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we definitely used our, our illustration background to, you know, to market a whole company. We didn't really have that much interest. I mean, not interest, but... Um, our background is more like children's books and um, paintings, stuff like that. So to come onto the the merchandise side was a lot of fun, and we got to kind of this is what we want to do, and we get to you know tweak it here and, and make it is um, you know our personality of what we want it to be, and that was so much fun. All right. Well, this is the conversation on Hawaii Public Radio. We have several local farmers around the table today. You can join our discussion by calling one eight seven seven nine four one three six eight nine. On a programming note, the House of Representatives will begin debate later today on a resolution urging Vice President Mike Pence to declare Pre uh, President Trump unable to discharge the duties of his office under the 25th Amendment to the Constitution. 
Uh, HPR will broadcast special coverage of that debate from NPR, scheduled to get underway at 1 p.m. this afternoon on HPR 1. Stay with us. We'll be right back after a short break. Support for Hawaii Public Radio comes from Ken and Patty Kupchak for the Friends of Hakalau Forest National Wildlife Refuge, a nonprofit devoted to conserving the unique flora and fauna of Hawaii Island. More about how to help protect rare and endangered birds and plants at friendsofhakalauforest.org. I'm Stephen Dubner. On the next Freakonomics Radio, researchers often come up with solutions that look great on paper but fail to scale up. We quickly realized that's far more complicated. And why hasn't the behavior change revolution made us all happier, healthier, more productive? You sort of just really enjoy sitting around and not exercising. That's next time on Freakonomics Radio. Beginning this evening at 7, following Counterspin. Support for Hawaii Public Radio comes from ProService Hawaii. Wishing everyone a happy new year, committed to helping employers view HR in a new way. ProService.com slash new year or by calling conversation on Hawaii Public Radio. Today we're talking about farming. Uh, and uh, Pomai Weigert is with Go Farm Hawaii. Pomai, if you can talk about uh, the uh, mentoring that goes along when you become a, a, a part of this program. Sure. Yeah, so when when you're a part of the Go Farm Ohana, as we would like to say, it's you know, we're one of our the the big values of being a part of our program is is our network. You know, we're really we're statewide. We're connected with uh, all of UHC TARS, uh, which is the College of Tropical Agriculture. Um, uh, all of their extension agents, uh, people in the marketplace, uh, our alumni, our graduates, our clients. Uh, you know, anyone who really has a part in Hawaii's food system and economy, we're we're connected with. So it's really this program that that gives you access to uh, to that network, but also that knowledge. You know, it's it's a matter of like, okay, you're going to come to us. You have this idea of what you want to do um, with your agribusiness, and then we kind of help guide and navigate, um, help you navigate like where you should go. Like, okay, you want to do this, you should go and talk to this person. And then also provide sort of tips on um, how to collaborate, how to partner, how to pilot things. You know, they, it, you know, when you're doing when you're doing business, you kind of maybe just take those things for granted. But um, those are like skills that need to be built. So also being able to, um, you know, we're so grateful for everyone who is uh, willing to share with us their knowledge and expertise. All the farmers, you know, we're we're able to take our participants to the farms. They're able to ask questions of farmers who've been doing it, who have who have been on this roller coaster for years, or who have just been who have just gotten into it. And and again, kind of like, uh, well, like Rob was saying, you know, it's not just it's not just the production end of mentoring. It's the business, the marketing, the exporting, the 
you know, packaging, the value added component. There's so many uh, different parts to the to the chain. And really, the more, you know, the knowledge that you have is the power that you have um, in the business industry. So that component is very vital. Um, and it's one of the things that we do early on in our program um, in one of our phases called Ag Exposure is we, we like to take our participants out to see uh, the farms and the farmers so that they can they can be told the truth. They can be told the truth and they can practice practice doing um, what it you know what it's going to take to uh, to go the long haul. You know, uh, we've been hearing a lot about the farm bill and all the new rules, the federal rules about food safety and being able to track back. You know, where you found your produce, what farm. You know, if there if, if there are any problems that you know, there's a whole system to be able to track it back. Uh, is there anything you can share about that, Rob? Yeah, and we, we've been kind of following that. And, that, you know, there was a lot of uh, concern, I think, from especially from small farmers um, and just seeing how it was going to how it was going to affect them from from our perspective. Well, I guess from the two perspectives of our farm and, and Farm Lake Hawaii, um, our farm, counterculture organic farm, is certified organic, and actually a lot of the the necessary protocols and traceability uh, that you need to become certified organic are are the same types of uh, systems you have to have in place for food safety. So a lot of that is built in um, from the organic certification itself, and then also yeah, on the on the farmland Hawaii side that we're we're uh, we have you know, that traceability in place to be able to go forwards or backwards and understand if there was, you know, if somebody finds finds a bug on something or um, we need to figure out, you know, which farm produced that and which date we received that on, you know, we can kind of go back and forth. But it still, yeah, it still feels like from the regulation side that we haven't felt, you know, the full brunt of it yet. You know, it's still, we are we are not food safety certified yet. Um, at Farm Lake Hawaii, and uh, you know, we we haven't we haven't uh, for a lot of the buyers that we sell to on the wholesale side, um, with the exclusion of, of Whole Foods, they haven't required uh, food safety certification yet. So I think it'll get there, but you know, we're trying to implement best practices beforehand because as as we found, and again going back to the multidisciplinary aspect of of growing local food and, and being a farmer, you know, those those systems are really important. They're tough to set up. You know, you're just like, oh, man, do I really have to do one more thing and add one more thing to my responsibility list? Um, but, you know, being a good record keeper and kind of understanding what's going on on a very complex, uh, diversified farm actually can be really beneficial to understanding, you know, where you're having your successes and maybe where you need to focus more more attention on. And Bobby, uh, what's it been like for you, you know, when it comes to food safety? Uh, how do you approach uh, this issue with your peppers? Um, well, we, um, it's difficult. We, you know, we, we watch everything. We keep them separate. Make sure no, you know, no animals get near them or anything like that. And if anything gets contaminated, it obviously gets thrown away. Um, but then we are we do use a certified kitchen 
for our, our hot sauce at Waipaw on the North Shore here. Um, we have a green placard from the health department. We want to make sure everything is, even after pre-washing and then taking it into the kitchen and we wash it again, if there's anything wrong, we just, we just don't want to deal with and have any issues down the road. So it's better to be safe than sorry. So even if it looks a little weird, it might be good. Just toss it. So even from the, you know, and then you got it, obviously with these peppers, you got to wear gloves. And now with the mask rules, um, it's, you know, we're, we're staying pretty safe and, um, just, you know, want to have a good product at the end of the day. Is there anything that uh, you've learned from this whole COVID experience this year that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, you know, we when we started Go Farm, actually our ag um, exposure, we started a year ago yesterday. So it's been mm. one one year and a day since we started Go Farm. And, um, you know, we started it and we were doing farmer's markets and doing Go Farm at the same time and working a job. Um, and then, you know, the lockdown came and market stopped and we, we got laid off and we went, we just got lucky enough to be able to do it through COVID. It kept us sane, you know, it kept us focused on something. And, you know, I think doing it through COVID was beautiful because, you know, our neighbors are like, oh, they don't have any food. Here's an entire bag of organic vegetables that we grew. Here you go for free. You know, there was just this, this awesome, like, gratefulness that we could do this for our community. Wow, that's a great story. Uh, you know, it's nice to hear that. There's there's some, you know, you give back to the community. Yeah, I mean, we have a small love of people that are, are a small group of people that really love our hot sauce. And, you know, we want to be able to give that back, not just the hot sauce, but be able to just give food security and um, just everybody can eat healthier because of small farmers and people that believe that, you know, good food should be easy to get. You know, we reached out to another graduate of uh, Go Farm Hawaii, uh, Haley Mioka, uh, is a co-owner of a half-acre farm in Waimanalo called Ahiki Farms. She shares her experience about launching her business. I had just graduated from college with a chemical engineering degree, and I was interested in farming at home in Hawaii. And Go Farm helped set me up so that I have my own business now. Go Farm helps me network with other farmers and creating the networks that you need to help grow your business was really helpful. They teach you organic practices, and they start you off with a wide, wide array of vegetables, and then as you build your business and you see what markets you want to sell to, you can narrow down and figure out what grows best where you're at. There's so many microclimates in Hawaii that some things grow better on the west side, some things grow better on the east side. And how has your degree helped you? Well, engineering, I think in any field, like, chemical, electrical, mechanical, there's a lot of problem solving, and I think I'm using a lot of that now. Farming is definitely lots of problem solving involved. You have to be really flexible. Sudden weather changes, new pests, new diseases, there's always things that are challenging you and you have to figure out what to do. I have the engineering background, but I don't have the marketing or the business, and they have a full-on business team to help you figure out your business plans, who you want to market to, and that sort of thing. And Pomai, you know, uh, I don't know if this is a chicken and the egg thing, but, you know, do you, are, what do you hear from the farmers? Like, you know, people might have an idea like, oh, I want to grow, you know, lettuce, but maybe where they're set up isn't really the right place for lettuce. And, and you know, some of it's probably going to be trial and error. But what can you share with us about that? 
Yes, we, we definitely get a lot of those questions, you know, or what should I grow? And, you know, definitely uh, on, the ag, on the ag business side, I, I'm one of the ag business consultants. We really want everyone to kind of flesh out, you know, pencil out um, where they're going to sell those things. So it's not just a matter of like whether or not you can grow it, but whether or not you can sell it. Because, you know, our, our program is, is geared towards, uh, commercial farming or far, you know, it's not, um, a lot of people come to us because they are growing, they're, they're good growers. They are growing more than they can consume themselves. So how do you take that to the next level? And, you know, it really, it really does come down to things like, well, let's just do, let's just do some market analysis. And I think a lot of times people will come to us and they want to know if there's a report or if there's, you know, a study that's been done. And I always just tell them, I said, Go to the stores that you think you want to sell and see who else is selling those things and see how much that it costs. So, again, it, um, it, it's sort of just like empowering people to uh, look at what they want to do and kind of figure out if that is a strategy um, that they can take on. You know, we, you don't need to do a whole report for three years to figure out whether or not you should grow this. Like, go to the stores you want to you want to sell them at and see if anybody is growing it and or making it or you know like we'll get we'll get people who are like maybe I should you know I should grow these these beans and I should make hummus and I want to sell it at Whole Foods. Well, if you go into Whole Foods, there's about 500 hummus options. So you kind of want to look at like where do you fit into the mix? And that is that is definitely one of the responsibilities that we feel at Go Farm when we're helping guiding people get into the business and. I'm really looking at, at um, you know, kind of like this holistic view of your business model. And I, I think that, um, you know, when you do want to grow something, that's great. But it's, it's always kind of this idea of like when you plant it, you already kind of know where it's going to go when it's grown. We do have a call from the Big Island. Uh, Sharon Ooh. from Hilo, what's on your mind? Hi, I am moved here from the mainland. I've been here about 13 years, and I have noticed, obviously, that when I go to buy tomatoes, because I buy tomatoes every week, that the ones from Mexico have already spent, what, five days getting here. So Mexico had to pick them when they're pretty much green, and they show up here and they're orange. And yet, I look at the one Camuela tomatoes, which is right here on Big Island, I think. And here they are, these nice red. They're not as big, but there's these beautiful, plump, red tomatoes. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, I would do that with anybody else. If I look at the quality of the fruit, which is much better because it can be picked later, which means it has more flavor, it's riper, then that's how I decide. And I don't have, it doesn't have to be fancy, this non-GMO, pesticide-free, free-range, blah, blah, blah. No, I don't care. I'm at Safeway. I want to know why the local people, if Camuela pulls it off with the tomatoes, why are we not, and uh, who's the other one I buy from? Um, the Manoa lettuce. And they're managing to make it, so... Yeah, it doesn't have to be fancy. It just has to be local in my book. All right. Thank you for that. Uh, anyone want to chime in? Uh, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, this is Rob. I, I just have a, a quick thought. I, I appreciate that. Uh, it, it's interesting when you look at the food miles that a lot of stuff travels. You know, it's 4,000, 5,000 miles for something uh, that are getting here versus, you know, 50 to 100 miles for the local product. Um, yeah, we. I'm so impressed with all Hawaii's farmers, ranchers, and, and food makers. Uh, there's so much amazingly flavorful, nutritious, uh, just high-quality products being produced here um, that it, it really, I, I think all of us should look at that as inspiration. And I know as when we were starting our farm, you're, you definitely are wide-eyed and you think like, well, those folks over you know, on Hawaii Island can, can grow tomatoes like this and we should be able to. And it's, you know, farming is complex. Um, and tomatoes are, are one of the more difficult things to grow grow in the tropics. But, yeah, there's tons of success stories out there and models to replicate. And I think more and more local farms are are being more open to sharing some of their, their insights and techniques um, with others. It's much more collaborative. And I think, honestly, going back to Go Farm Hawaii, uh, the, the biggest thing that we've taken and relied on continuously continuously since we graduated was really the network of, of people that are involved. So it's not just the staff like Pumai and others uh, and the farm coaches, but all of the folks in your cohort and then future and past cohorts um, to really try and share that information. To, so we so we can have a lot more uh, you know, awesome local tomatoes stocked in, in the regular grocery stores. Anybody else want to jump in? Yeah, yeah, this is Bobby. I uh, I totally agree um, with what Rob was saying about, like, we, we still we talk to a lot of our cohorts regularly, just a text or a call or show up at the house or, you know, so there's this family that's just there, and they're all into agriculture, and they're all doing different things, but we can still talk about, oh, this product, or I saw this thing that happened. And, um, yeah, he, he's right about tomatoes. They're, they're difficult. We're trying. Um all kinds of things. I mean, we built a hoop house just for them, and we're determined to figure out how to grow beautiful beefsteak tomatoes that are just tasty and wonderful, and then we can share that with other people around us. Like, somebody cracked the code. This is how they did it, and now we can all have beautiful tomatoes. And then, okay, once we sell tomatoes, let's go figure out how to do this plant and, and all share knowledge. And then, you know, I just love that, that togetherness of all this. Well, I love uh, how uh, some of our farmers are, you know, going back to the future. Uh, uh, they're on Kauai. They're doing rice. Uh, you know, bi the Big Island, uh, lots of work with uh, Ulu, uh, you know, and, and finding value-added products, uh, you know, to make. Uh, uh, you know, uh, lots of uh, uh, creative cooks, you know, finding ways to be able to get their product uh, out there uh, to the masses. Uh, uh, Pomai, do you want to weigh in on, on uh, any of this? Yeah, I, I, I also kind of just wanted to chime in on, on the economics of farming because uh, I feel like, you know, sometimes people don't realize or, or it's hard. I think a lot of times consumers think that it's, it's more expensive or not possible for them to buy local when, in fact, it is. You know, like it's more of just sort of exploring you know, um, where you want to put your dollars. And I think that more and more 
uh, local food is becoming more accessible. But I think we were talking about this early on um, in today's conversation, but that we don't grow enough food for everybody to eat local. And that is why it's so important for people to support local farmers so that we can build our capacity to do that. So when, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, I mean, all the local farm businesses, they just skyrocketed. They just grew like a thousand percent overnight. And then, okay, you know, um, we had so many people that go farm, um, so many people contact Go Farmer and ask us where they could find a farmer. Where, you know, it's, um, you know, all the farmers are taken. They're already, they're already full. Orders have already been full. But it's also important, I think, to note that, you know, when we're looking at scale, there are other places in the world that are growing food at a much larger rate at a much lower price point. So that that does also contribute to the economics. You know, when people are buying food, they got to some people have to really stretch that dollar. So it's it's really, I think, about people knowing their options and that local food is accessible, that it there's kind of been this. I think a little bit of a veil that makes people think like, oh, local organic food is too expensive, like that they that they are either not deserving or they can't afford it where. I don't feel like that's the case. I, I see a lot of local farmers selling to local communities. And I think if we're able to just share that messaging and let people know that, that we need them to support local so that we can keep growing locally um, is a big message that I, I just want to throw that out there to everyone. What about uh, aquaponics? Are, are you seeing uh, uh, farmers uh, come into the program, you know, looking to, you know, Great new lots products, of, yeah. Lots of interest, yes. Lots of interest in aquaponics. We actually just sort of created a spin-off of Go Farm called Go Fish. Uh, we're piloting that uh, right <laughs> now, and it's uh, it's with our aquaponics geniuses of Hawaii, uh, Ted Radovich, Dr. Ted Radovich, and Dr. Kai Fox, and they're kind of aquaponic pioneers here in Hawaii. But we've had so much interest. Um, of people wanting to, you know, check that method, uh, check out that method of farming. But it's it's that same thing is everyone goes in bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, uh, you know, wants to do that. But um, even if your intention is not to make money, it still costs money. So to set everything up, to create an infrastructure, where are you going to sell it, you know, all of these kinds of components. So um, that is something that we're – uh, we're helping guide for for those folks who are wanting to go into aquaponics or, of course, just linking them up to collaborate with other aquaponics uh, farmers uh, in the state. We do have another call from the Big Island. Faith from Kona, you're on the air. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi, yes, uh, I have a question for you. Um, I lived in Kona for about uh, 30 years when I first got here, I noticed there was a lot of local uh, bananas. But now when I go to the supermarket, a lot of the bananas are from another country. And so I was just uh, wanting your thoughts on that. Who wants to take that question? I might I might be able to take that. This is Rob. Um, yeah, so actually our, our farm, Counterculture Organic Farm, and... Uh, we're going to be marketing these under Hawaii Banana Source um, in, in collaboration with uh, 
our farm manager, Gabe Sachter-Smith, who I mentioned earlier. Uh, we're, so we're growing a, a good amount of bananas on our 10 acres currently and, and looking forward in the next couple of months to be planting out or beginning planting 30 acres of organic banana on the North Shore of Oahu. Um, and what I've learned from, from Gabe, and he could speak to it uh, more clearly than I, I could, is uh, bananas, you know, like, like everything in, in the subtropics here, there's a lot of pests and disease. And uh, while bananas do like to grow here, um, they're really susceptible to a few different diseases. And one of those is, is uh, bunchy top virus, uh, which is transmitted by a, by a banana aphid. And uh, without certain uh, management practices, it, it can actually be somewhat difficult to sort of get ahead of the virus. So I think a lot of folks in, in commercial operations locally have uh, just started to grow less and less banana just because it's become really, really difficult um, without taking some certain uh, sanitation methods uh, into account. So. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a travesty that, you know, we're importing bananas from thousands of miles away when we actually can grow them here. And so we're hoping to prove that out over the next couple of years or ourselves or at least be part of the solution okay. um, to be well, growing local bananas and for them to be certified organic. But I, Well, I don't mean to cut you off, but we've got about about a minute or so left. I just want to give a, a final thoughts for Pomai uh, or, uh, or Bobby. Go ahead, Bobby. Oh, um, I just think if, if there's anybody listening to this program and is curious about it, um, farming or, you know, just touching, reaching out to a local farmer, just contact Go Farm. Like, it, it is, it's changed our life in a year, and um, it was probably the best decision we've ever made. And, like, every day, it doesn't feel like a job. You know, you wake up and you're like, we get to go. We get to go to the farm. Now we have to go to the farm. And after eight hours of a long day, we don't want to leave the farm. Okay. So if anybody's listening interested, just contact GoFarm. All right. Poma, you got about 30 seconds? Okay, yes. Um, I just, Bobby had said something earlier about awesome gratefulness, and I just feel like we are so awesomely grateful for all of the support that everyone in our community has given us and all of our farmers and all of our ranchers and all of our makers and um, you know, we're in this together, so um, we're glad to be a part of the conversation. All right. Well, we'd like to thank our guests, Bobby Skelton, uh, Mai Weigert, and Rob Bereka. Uh, and we'd like to thank you, the listener, for joining us t- on today's show. Uh, and uh, if you'd like to uh, uh, throw your two cents out about today's discussion, you can still contact the Talkback line and leave your comments. That number, 808-792-8217. Send us an email at talkback at hawaiipublicradio.org. And if you want to listen back to today's show, check out the Conversation Podcast at hawaiipublicradio.org. I'm Catherine Cruz. Join us tomorrow for more of the conversation. Music.